Friends, and welcome to the Rogue Planet Podcast. I am Jason McClellan, and it is my pleasure to be here today with my friends, Caleb Hanks and Ryan Sprague. How you doing, guys? How the fuck are you? Woohoo! Well, I am fantastic and not profane. (laughs) You're fantastic and not profane. Interesting. (laughs) I want to start it off with a bang. I thought it was perfect, Caleb. I love you. Love you too, buddy. But he was yeah. actually talking to me. I'm great, Caleb. Thanks. <laughs> oh, yeah. How are you, Jason? <laughs> Got yes. you were here. No, I, I'm not here. I'm just here to uh, to be the mediator between you two and let you guys have fun. Oh, but in all seriousness, but not really serious at all, let's talk about interesting things from the week, guys. Let's start with Mr. Ryan Sprague. How's your week, dude? Uh, week was pretty good, man. Um, I... Got to see the new Captain America movie, which was freaking incredible. Um, you like that, huh? Anything. Yeah, don't don't I, say anything. But I will not give anything away. I promise. Um, but uh, you you are a fan. Thumbs up. Oh my god! I I I wish I had more thumbs. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, that, man. That's it what was, she said. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was fantastic. I I mean, superhero movie aside, it was just a good movie. Um, Perfectly written, well paced. Uh, so many Easter eggs for like true fans of Marvel comics uh, cool. thrown in there, tying into the Shield television show and the upcoming movies, and it's uh, fantastic. I'm so happy that Marvel is just really, really looking at their future. I mean, they're looking at up to like what the year 2020. They've already got all this stuff mapped out already. It's it's, it's just it's- insane. It's actually 2028. I just read that today. Yeah. So I just, it, it, it fathoms me. But uh, yeah, I would say by far this has been my favorite Marvel movie yet. Um, so uh, yeah. so did you like the movie? <laughs> it was okay. <laughs> it was all right. Well, that's good to know. All right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson, wow. First movie I've ever actually really enjoyed her in. And uh, she's not too, not too hard on the eyes, to be honest. Oh right, that's my favorite part. Dude, I kind of I shared those sentiments. Honestly, I I'd seen her in so much stuff, but I did not enjoy her until I saw her in Iron Man two, and then I went back and just kind of rewatched Lost in Translation and paid a little bit more attention to her. And I didn't hate her in that, so now she's she's cool to me. She's subtle. She's subtle. I think she's breaking out of her shell, and uh, she found a good niche. She makes a good superhero. Yeah, superhero heroine hero. Heroin? I don't know. Super heroin. That stuff will kill you. Oh, Super man, heroin. Yes. Rough stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, uh, had my fo- first online date. Uh, that was pretty interesting to say that. It's, 
It's so creepy, man. Like, now, did the did the date originate online, or was the whole date like online <laughs> in a computer? That's what I'm wondering. Like it a was, virtual um, date. It, <laughs> I, I guess I should uh, clarify. Um, it started on the old computer and then ended face to face. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's so creepy though because you fill out these profiles, you answer all these questions, and you show up to this complete stranger and they already know everything about you. You know, they're, they're asking you, Oh, you write for this or you do that. Or, um, you, uh, you really like Italian food. And it's just, it, it sort of takes away the mystery of meeting someone for the first time, but it's just the way it's going. And, uh, it's, it's so freaking easy to just meet people on here and be like, all right, we have this in common, this in common, this in common. Let's meet up. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I, I think it definitely takes away some mystery, but that's not always a bad thing. I mean, you're, you're, you're expediting. You're, you're cutting through a lot of bullshit. And, uh, you know, I see the huge advantage of, of services like that because you're, you're really cutting through to, uh, you know, through a lot of questions that you would kind of BS through over dinner and stuff and take you a long time <laughs> to realize – Oh, this person is insane. Well, right. You can get that out of the way and, and figure out common interests and things right off the bat. Um, I've I've never personally tried it, but uh, I will say, and I'm I'm always happy and very proud to admit that my wife and I pretty much kind of pioneered online dating. Not really, but uh, <laughs> you know, we were we were doing it when it uh, when it didn't even exist. We. Uh, Actually, forward thinkers. We technically met uh, on the internet. We'd met in person, but we didn't properly introduce ourselves or actually get to know each other. We'd seen each other at a concert, and then this was back back in the uh, the the way back when when did you did you woo her on AOL Instant Messenger? I did. This Hell is, yeah. This is back in the day when if you had internet, you had AOL. Yeah. And uh, everybody had uh, an AOL profile, so mm-hmm. I was able to search through profiles. And, I, I mean, this is how crazy our meeting is because mm-hmm. I only found her because she happened to have AOL, because she happened to have her profile that she'd updated since the concert where we, where we saw each other. Mm-hmm. And she was actually looking for me, so she posted something in her in her <laughs> profile, in her bio or whatever, that she was looking for me, and I was looking for her. So I found her and sent her a message, and that's how it all kicked off. So wow, it's so, it's like yeah, that's crazy, so romantic. man. Yeah. It's, it's like, like you've early, got mail. You've got mail, yes. yeah. Yes. It's like the early stages of missed connections, too. You know. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy how the whole thing just e- even happened. I I, mm-hmm. I have no idea how it happened. It was supposed to happen, but but yeah, early early version of online dating. So pretty awesome. I'm proud of that. As as a geek, I'm I'm very proud of it. <laughs> well, I, I will say, uh, Ryan, I I hope the uh, I hope the date went well. I'm I'm kind of in that same same realm, and I have not yet gone. What which uh, which. Uh, if you don't mind saying, which uh, website have you gone through? You can tell me privately if need be. Oh, no, not at all, man. The old uh, the old Cupid. See, okay, and this is my thing. It is such a, how can I say, miserable toboggan ride to hell of dating 
here in it Asheville. Is, that yeah. it's just kind of like, well, I mean, I guess anywhere, but I mean, I, I've, I haven't yet succumbed to that realm. But it honestly sounds a hell of a lot more efficient as far as finding people with similar likes and things like that than going out and randomly running into some person at the bar and then getting to know them over time and, and they're like testing your red flags and you're testing theirs and then you end up hating each other and then the bitch takes your house and you live in a <laughs> trailer in Omaha, Nebraska for three years. That didn't happen to me or anything, but... Um, oh, oh yeah, yeah, not at all. But yeah, um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's a good idea all around and hopefully I, I hope you find some success with that. You as well, my friend. We'll see. Hopefully we'll find that digital uh, person that we were meant to be with. <laughs> well, that would be amazing if they are a digital person. That that uh, really would. You it's know, her all it's over. It's her. Yes, exactly. I've been saying for years <laughs> I've been waiting for the AI of my dreams. Yep. <laughs> I think that's so, what yeah. we're all waiting for. Hell yeah. Secretly. <laughs> all right. Well, any anything else uh, from your week worth mentioning, Ryan? Not one bit. Yeah, you're pretty boring. <laughs> but you, Caleb? How was your week? Well, Jason, I'll tell you this. It was crazier than a shithouse rat. Sweet. I always count on that. It always crazy. is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, here it goes. So, um... Okay, well, I did I did go on a date. I went on two dates, actually. Oh. Uh, yeah, I smell I went... a sitcom. Yeah, I know. But no, okay, okay. So uh, the the first girl I met, uh, tall, beautiful, intelligent, very similar interests, a, a self proclaimed pop culture uh, aficionado. Uh, she has her things together. She works remotely from a nice company and has her own place. And moving to Asia in two months. Uh... <laughs> Just my luck. Yeah. Um, so you're moving. Other... You're moving too. So you're oh, going? Hell no! Clearly, <laughs> no. I don't. I don't. Opportunity I, of a lifetime. I'm. I'm well, sorry, Caleb. I'm sorry. If this girl is on OK Cupid and moving to Asia in two months, it's pretty clear what she's looking for. <laughs> am I? Well, am I wrong, Jason? <laughs> well, she wasn't on OK Cupid. Oh, okay. That's different. Uh, no, I have. No, I just. Uh, I met her through a mutual friend. Now the thing was. She had uh, she had wanted to get in touch with me because we knew each other through mutual friends. But she uh, she just found out she got this job like a week before we uh. had had uh, agreed to make plans. So <clears throat> it's kind of one of those. Well, whatever. But uh, uh, the 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 other date, I guess, is still going to go on to another another date because date one did not go incredibly miserably so we'll see uh after that i had to wake up and get my ass on the road because micah and i my brother micah and i were staying with a mutual friend of ours ryan miss chase kletsky oh the wonderful beautiful chase yes and her husband pete who is a complete badass who's been in the navy for 28 years yeah, he's pretty intimidating. <laughs> dude, dude, he is the nicest guy in the world. Like, both of them are the super coolest people. So we stayed at their place, and we awesome. talked about, like, cryptids and UFOs nonstop for three days. And then uh, we Pete took us and let us tour a nuclear submarine. And, dudes, <laughs> let me tell you, that was one of the craziest things I never thought I would ever do. And it wow. was awesome. That sounds amazing. Like, seriously, you have no idea how huge... 
those missiles are until you're standing next to them. Like they had like uh, outside the military base, they had models of the actual um, missiles that go into the submarines. I mean, they're they're humongous. I'll have to post some pictures because they are like the size of a house. Mm-hmm. And these nuclear submarines have like 24 of them on there. And so when we were talking to some of the guys that had been on the submarine for years, uh, we were asking, like, have any of you guys ever been on the submarine when the, one of these things launched? And the guy just, to me, described it so perfectly. He was like, I was on, I think, I uh, can't remember which submarine he said or what, what the instance was, but he said he'd been on there when one had fired. And he said for about uh, for a second there when that thing lights off and, and shoots out, it's like it dominates all five senses completely. Hmm. And it's just like, man, I can't imagine. They didn't want, yeah. to, they didn't want to demonstrate for you? Yeah. No, no, they were, well, they, that would not have been good because we were in a, like a, basically a hangar for submarines. So it had a, it had a roof over it. Okay. But, um, yeah, so that was fun. And then, well, they right could after, set it up. I mean, think about like at the, uh, crime labs where they like do the ballistics test, you know, shoot it, shoot the gun into like this ballistics jelly and stuff. They could have it set yeah. up so you can launch a missile into a missile jelly. Yeah. What's one little missile? Come on. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not it's it's not worth millions of dollars or anything. All right. Free, oh, they they they, they wait they waste the money on far less. Come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, so, so yeah, budget support. Yeah, that was really cool, and I got to I got to see the the whole the whole shebang. So that was gnarly. And well, that's then very were... cool. I'm I'm glad you got to do that. I I don't think I've ever done that. Um, I don't know. I've kind of been turned off that whole thing because growing up all I heard about was how awesome nuclear submarines were because my dad was in the Navy and went around the world in a nuclear submarine so oh really every story started with well in the Navy okay that was years ago enough with the Navy (laughs) right (laughs) see I I didn't know anything about it so to me it was just like I didn't even know I was interested in this stuff yeah great opportunities man I'm glad glad you jumped on it yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, so, so, where did was, your journeys take you next? I was on from there to Defusky Island, which is a little a little place between uh, um, Tybee Island and Savannah, Georgia. Sounds fake and to me. It's it's very <laughs> fake. It is. It's the island from Lost. <laughs> uh, but went down there, and we played two shows uh, with our band Nitrograss. This place called Marshside Mamas, and it was. Just a lot of a lot of uh, free vodka and sea creatures. They gave you so, free sea creatures. Free sea creatures. <laughs> they give you all kinds of free sea creatures. Oh, okay. We're not talking like a little goldfish at the carnival. I found a baby turtle. Okay. Fair enough. And then a lizard, and my brother was there. He counts as one. <laughs> uh, he is definitely a reptile. This is sounding very homoerotic. <laughs> To you, tur- to you, it would, Jason. Turtle and a lizard. My Mr. brother Fan was there. there. <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds like deliverance. <laughs> I was in the woods and I found a turtle and a lizard. My brother came out. <laughs> then he started playing the banjo. All we need is the, the banjo. banjo music. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Me and Jenny were like carrots and uh, butt rape. <laughs> <laughs> 
So let's get away. Yeah, from that. I was gonna say your deliverance is sounding a little more Forrest Gumpish. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's kind of where I was going. I reckon I like him French fried tater. Ah, you're just all over the spectrum now. Yeah, my favorite, my favorite line from that is Dwight Yoakam in um, Sling Blade, where he's like, "Now, damn it, you know better than to talk to me like that when I'm hurting inside." <laughs> uh, Oscar worthy. That pretty much ended my mystical journeys into cap on all of our weeks. Jason, how the hell have you been? Yes, please, Jason. I've been fantastic. Thank you for asking. Cool. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> all right. Now you're Forrest Gump. Simple to the point. Yeah, so I don't know. I can't really think of anything exciting that happened in the past week. So Good thing me uh, and Sprague are cool as shit. Yeah, you guys you guys are cool. Yeah, I mean We sorta did our home. I mean, I you you posted some pretty uh righteous news today I saw about um Conan O'Brien planning to Yeah, but that that didn't happen on. to me. That did not happen to you. <laughs> no, it wasn't anything in my week. So I mean, like let's see, I, I think it's uh Crocodile Dundee two. That that's that was kind of my week. Where remember that, that, that scene where they they go to that wherever and there's that guy Rat, those hoodlums hanging out, <laughs> and he asks them, "What'd you do last week?" And the guy goes, "We didn't do shit. We was here all we was here all night." So that's what you call cool, is it? Yeah. So that that's me. I I did nothing. I was hey. I was here in my house the whole time. You were wrestling a great big bloody aeropoima. But that that's what I call cool. So. You know an extensive amount of the script to uh, Crocodile Dundee too. I'm pretty impressed, dude. Crocodile Dundee. That's that's some that's some quality film. One and two, I love. Um, three got kind of weird. Um, was that Crocodile Dundee goes to L.A.? Yes. Yeah, that one. Uh, was weird. It's like yeah. all those like extra earnest films that came out after Jim yes. Barney passed away. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know there were any earnest movies without him. Oh, no, 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 no. They just came out. They got like they they were re- I don't think they were really released after he died, but they were it was it was near the end and they, you can tell oh, they were, okay. They were you can tell that they were like together. filming them. They yeah. filmed them with like porno cameras so they looked like really really bad and it was like <laughs> Ernest oh, Ernest rides again. Ernest goes to hell. I don't know which right. one. But like just all kinds of crazy shit. Oh, uh, man, you brought back so many wonderful memories. I loved Ernest. How about a bumper sandwich, booger lips? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, if we uh, are done with that, then what would you guys say? I don't know. I wanted to keep talking news. about Crocodile Dundee. It's such a great movie. <laughs> we can, but we can no, talk about Crocodile and Dundee no, all damn day. No, we'll, we'll bring it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure between the three of us, we could quote the two movies completely. Jesus Christ. But uh, all right, uh, let's move on to the news. And Ryan, you brought it up. So, yeah, an interesting bit of news from today was that Conan Bryan has announced uh, the guy plans out his life pretty far in advance. I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow, but uh, he announced that what he's done since he's had his show is he takes it on the road periodically. Um, He just did it in Texas, I think. Um, I can't remember for the NCAA College Basketball Final Four Championships. Uh, yeah, Dallas, I think. But he just announced that in 2015, he's taking the show on the road to Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con. So he's going to be uh, set up there from July 8th through 12th, doing uh, the show there at a location in San Diego. Why don't we that just is, all go? Yeah. 
That would be amazing. I, I, I can't even imagine the amount of material he's going to get at that thing. Well, you know, yeah. he's he's very good about, um, you know, being and really targeting his stuff towards pop culture and yeah. sort of, and he's even gone into kind of catering to a geek crowd and, you know, definitely a web video audience. He's very big on social media and web video and, and established himself as a leader in that. Um, he's pretty unique when it comes to talk shows and what, what he's carved out for himself. Um, so true. going going to Comic Con is is I think it's very very smart on his part because that is the industry giant and uh, that's all the people talk about while it's going on. So being there, every celebrity is going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, representatives from every show are going to be there. So it's definitely the place to be. He's going to have endless content. Um, yeah, I think it'd be cool to go to. Conan's show while it's there, but but yeah, I mean, I've never been to San Diego Comic Con, but I've been outside San Diego Comic Con. Um, I've never been because it's so such a pain in the ass to get tickets to go, um, <laughs> because it it basically sells out the year before, but then they have right. this one day where they open it up and you have to have a, a pre-registered number and you get in this queue when they announce that it's open and you wait in this queue and then you get your chance to buy tickets. And it's, it's, it's really a challenge to get tickets to that thing. But because, uh, I mean, I spent a lot of time in San Diego and, and right there in, uh, in the downtown San Diego, right, right in the gas lamp district, right across the, the street from where I usually am, uh, is the convention center. So you just walk outside and all up and down uh, the MLK walkway uh, is tons and tons of people in costume, many of them, but just all the people there who are there to hand out free shit. So you just walk. <laughs> Swag. And th- 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 there are people handing out bags. So, um, you know, Dis- Discovery does a lot of, uh, like, in past years, they've handed out a lot of Shark Week bags. So I've got lots of big Shark Week bags. Um, but different shows and stuff will, will have these bags. So you get, get a free bag and then you walk around and collect all the free shit that people are handing out and just random stuff, but posters. And I mean, it's just, it's awesome. You go out there, you're immersed in this, this energy, this crowd and you get free shit. It's fun. And Comic-Con babes, the cosplayers. Only the best kind of babes. Let's be honest. Well, it's funny because everybody knows about San Diego Comic-Con. It's this gigantic industry event Yet it's not really super big into cosplay. You definitely see cosplay there, but a, a, as far as cons go, it's not considered one of the biggest. Even you know, probably not even in the top five. Maybe it is, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, there are others that cosplay is more more of a featured item there. You walk around, you'll see some interesting costumes and stuff. Cosplay is definitely an element there, but it's not gigantic. I don't like it. Not one bit. I know. I know. <laughs> it's weird, man. It's become such a subculture. There's like TV reality TV shows about it now. A good friend of mine is a cosplayer. I love her to death. She's, you know, she's gorgeous. She's a, she's a Wonder Woman cosplayer, but like, it just scares me. I just like, don't go down that road. There's no coming back, you know? Um, but all the power to her. She's making, she's making a, kind of sort of maybe career out of it so cosplay is i i, I won't lie i'm i'm intrigued by it and i would definitely do it myself but i can never think of a cool enough costume that's and, true 
You know, I mean, I think you have to do something original and, you know, make make a twist on something. You can't just exactly dress up as do. Darth Vader or whatever because, you know, there's <laughs> right. going to be other Darth Vaders. And you feel inferior because there, there are Darth Vaders there who have spent, you know, thousands of dollars getting authentic Darth oh, Vader nothing. outfits. Yeah. And so you're going to have your, like, you know— Halloween costume store rubber mask Darth Vader and look really lame. No, that doesn't work. So you've got to come up with something better. And, and you know, females are being very creative, and part of the reason is because there aren't a lot of female characters uh, for them to dress up as, so they're taking male characters and feminizing them. Right. So, you know, you'll see female stormtroopers. You'll see, like, Darth Vader and high heels. Uh, you know, just different things where they, they feminize uh traditionally male characters. I love seeing that and the creativity people come up with, but I don't know. I would have to think long and hard about what I was going to dress up as. You know, some people do like zombie. Uh, I mean, you could really take zombie and, and attach it to anything. So there's <laughs> like zo- zombie Indiana Jones and things like that. So. Right. I know exactly what the three of us could do. I've already figured it out. It's uh, uh, Jason, you would be Winston Churchill werewolf raper. Uh, Ryan, you would be Muffy the Mummy Trapper, and I would very simply be a 1920 sneer conglomerate tycoon. Oh, oh, oh! How how ironic that you get the uh, semi-normal one. No, I would also be Mr. Potato Trooper, the Stormtrooper, Mr. Potato Head. That would okay, be my perfect. day my day two costume. <laughs> Different costume every day. That's another oh, thing yeah. I, I love seeing is just the endless varieties of Star Wars characters you'll see there because you'll see like you know Chewbacca in a tuxedo mm-hmm. uh, and things like that so I saw one that our uh, our mutual friend Aaron Sagers posted recently of the hipster Avengers that was pretty creative I thought it was oh, pretty cool fun. yeah I did like yeah. that you know like the Peter Parker had a jean jacket and nerd glasses and Captain America had a PBR shield and it, it was oh, cool oh my god I, I gave them props for that. They they were pretty inventive. And, we, uh, we could probably come up with something. And, I, you know, I think anything we could come up with, it's already been done 100 times over. But uh, right. come up with, like, aged superheroes where we're, like, geriatrics and, like, <laughs> I wanna, all be in wheelchairs. We're not Professor X. We're just old. and We're just old. We're, <laughs> we're just, just old. We're, like, old. balding and cripple. I want to be the, <laughs> I wanna be the, um, the doctor from Jurassic Park. He was old in the 1993 Jurassic Park, but I want to be him now, like really old guy from Jurassic Park. But what if he's young because he did all sorts of genetic testing and like injected himself with stuff, so now he's got like a dinosaur tail? Yeah, what about he's a hybrid? He's a dinosaur hybrid. Did you ever read like they were trying to do some stuff with that in some of the movies? They were like going to go to the Isla Nublar or whatever, and there was going to be, uh, like, all these, like, tanks with these human-dinosaur hybrid dead things floating around in them. Nice. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of crazy stuff. I hope one yeah. looks like Dennis Nedry. Probably. That's... I, I, would, I would think they all need to look like Dennis. Yes. We got, we got dots in here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, well, got a couple... You- well, let, Ryan already opened the uh, the floodgate here, talking about okay. uh, you know the cosplay show. That's on Sci-Fi. Sci-Fi is just going crazy um, right now. I love uh, Sci-Fi Network. They're doing some exciting stuff. And they're it. they're really going after. Um, I mean, they're trying to get back to their roots of science fiction. So they're focusing on coming up with you know original um, dramatic series 
and away from their their Sharknado type stuff, which you know I want to see both. I want to see them find a balance to find a place for both. But uh, they're also going after the geek audience, and what better way to do that than get Will Wheaton on board? And they've done that. So they just announced that Will Wheaton is going to have a sci-fi show. They've ordered 12 30-minute episodes of a show they're tentatively titled uh, or tentatively calling The Will Wheaton Project. So it's going to be – it's been described as like talk soup for geeks. Hmm. Um, basically, it's a talk show, and he's going to be talking about like geek news and stuff. So well, that's, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah, it's he very a- cool. It'll be interesting to see, see what they do with it. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean he's like – Kind of a uh, a geek champion, so he's he's the one to get on board if uh, if that's the audience you're going after, right? And awesome. also on Will Wheaton news, I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, Sat- Saturday was uh, tabletop day, and there were celebrations of tabletop gaming all mm-hmm. over the place. But uh, Will Wheaton hosts a show for the Geek and Sundry Network called Tabletop, where they do. Uh, gaming uh, board board games and they have special guests and everything they've done two seasons of that they want to do season three and they launched an indiegogo campaign for that to crowdfund season three they had a goal set for five hundred thousand dollars they just launched this on saturday so just uh, two days ago five hundred thousand dollar goal they've already reached three hundred and eighty eight thousand dollars wow that's 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 crazy to me that that can happen so quickly and just people just throwing money left and right. I, it's awesome. Don't get me wrong. Like, no, it, it's awesome. And it, it, it shows it's, it, it's an indication or, or an illustri- perfect illustration of just, you know, kind of a big part of the geek culture. And that's fanaticism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very true. I'd rather see something like that get funding than another freaking Zach Braff movie or something. <laughs> oh, he'll find money either way. Oh, he will. Yeah. But I think speaking James of... Franco is doing that too now. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if that's bullshit or not, but I don't really, I don't really care. Yeah. But one <laughs> thing I do care about is they have apparently started filming the first new Star Wars. Yes. I heard about that. And uh, just like we had, I think we had speculated on the show maybe last week that Peter Mayhew was kind of in talks to maybe come back and play Chewbacca. But apparently we did talk about that last week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, apparently he has been confirmed as coming back to play Chewbacca. All right. So I will comment on this. Uh, The Hollywood Reporter published a story today saying that Star Wars Episode Seven added Peter Mayhew as Chewbacca, claiming this exclusive story. But I still don't think it's confirmed. I don't think it's official because they cite the same information that we were talking about. Hmm. How oh, he, really? He con- canceled the con appearance due to filming, and people assumed that it was because the dates aligned with Star Wars filming. Right. So what they, what they cite to as their proof is the same rumors that we were talking about last week. So okay. it's still not confirmed. There hasn't been an official confirmation. Good journalism, Jason. Look at you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and and again, as we mentioned, I mean, I think it's possible that he'll make an appearance in the show, but it will be very limited. 
if Chewbacca does have a, a main role or at least a semi-substantial role in the movie, most of it's going to be played by a stunt double because Peter is is not old. he's not very mobile. He <laughs> suffers from gigantism. He's yeah. well, most always, of it will probably be CG anyway. He's always in a wheelchair, and yeah. Peter is awesome. I love Peter. He's great, and I think having him in the movie would be such an amazing thing. <laughs> but he's not going to be a very active Chewbacca. Yeah. Well, yeah, it'd again, be good it to could see be, him come back. It will, and it could be very well be one of those things where you know they pan the camera and there's Chewbacca. He right. does this little roar, and then that's it. You know, we get a a one shot thing with it. Um, or maybe that, that maybe as a fans. as a tribute for fans and for Peter, Peter himself will appear in the movie. That's what I'm thinking, and he'll just be that like would... in the background, or like a you know just a token character who walks by or sitting in a bar or something that would be pretty cool that'd be cool to see him as himself on the show now that i i like that idea so uh there's also some kind of groovy stuff going on in the marvel world obviously with you know the release of uh captain america the winter soldier ryan you said it was really really awesome um yep so they're going to do some pretty exciting stuff next week with a back-to-back um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of finale where it looks yeah. like from the trailer some way more action-packed stuff than we've really seen on yeah. the show previously. There's a couple of cool little things about this. <clears throat> Number one, they're introducing the character Major Glenn Talbot, who is going to be played by Adrian Pasdar, I think it's how it's pronounced, and he is the guy that played Nathan Petrelli, the flying man from... Heroes. Oh, okay. So, so it'll be good to see him come back and yeah, do some stuff. Good to see him getting work. But uh, and as we had mentioned beforehand, Marvel has planned to string out the movies all the way so far to uh, twenty twenty eight. And for anybody, this is kind of a random little thing I picked up on last night, just by chance. If you are a Hulu Plus member and you uh, watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they've created this little featurette kind of thing about kind of the rise of the Marvel Studios uh, movie franchise. And throughout the uh, throughout the thing, I started noticing that they were playing little clips of, of the new films that we hadn't seen and little clips of some of the stuff from Guardians of the Galaxies. And right there at the very end, they had released some um, Comic-Con kind of like real or test footage of ant-man and there at the very end of that little featurette they started showing some clips of ant-man so if anybody wants to check uh, that out go ahead and, and hit up the hulus the old hulus yeah man marvel is killing it they just and they just officially announced that um cap three is going to be going up the same opening weekend as batman versus superman that's ballsy yeah I, yeah i just they and they deserve to you know they deserve to do it at this point. They, they're they just killing it with the movies. DC is trying to keep up, um, and we'll see what happens once Justice League starts. But uh, as far as the future of superhero films go, I think Marvel's just sort of got it in the bag. I mean, look at their universe. It's huge. They I could agree. do movies for the next, the next century, for God's sake. Oh, yeah. And if they do, I won't have a problem with that at all. Not one bit. I, you know, man, I have a hard time getting excited or interested really in uh, the Batman versus Superman thing because, like, to me, Superman was always just, like, way too powerful. He could just do everything, and he could just kick way too much ass, and, 
you can only get so much kryptonite, but apparently Lex Luthor has a dealer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, so it's just kind of like, whatever. And then I see it's just like, okay, Batman. Batman was cool. And a lot of people, I know that people adored the uh, the Christopher Nolan films. I definitely did as well. I honestly th- thought The Dark Knight was probably one of the best movies ever made. But I, I'll tell you this much. I was not watching The Dark Knight because of Batman. I was watching that movie because of the Joker. Yeah, that's very true. I think that's that's pretty prevalent in all the DC movies is we're focusing so much more on the villains. Uh, you know, I mean, maybe Man of Steel, that could be a little different. Michael Shannon was pretty good as Zod. But um, yeah. yeah, in all those Nolan movies, I mean, Christian Bale was the least interesting thing of those movies. I, I, I hate to say it, but I agree. Um, whereas Marvel is just the way they're tying in everything and making it so intricate and this leads into this and this will go to that. And this after credit scene will be a part of this. It's just, it's genius. They, they've mapped it out. They have smart people and DC does as well, but they sort of dug themselves into a hole, uh, especially with man of steel. Like you said, you have a superhero who just is infallible. So what, what do you do? I think that Stan Lee, and and this is just my opinion, I've always just thought that Stan Lee was much better at creating interesting characters than DC. I I thought that their backstories were a hell of a lot more uh, interesting, and maybe that's just because I've never really dove super into DC comics, but, you know, from... I I have a pretty extensive knowledge of the characters from uh, the Marvel franchise, and they're just, I don't know, they're just much more appealing to me. Right, right. Agreed. But uh, Jason. here's, a, yeah, Jason's like, I don't give a shit about this. Comic Jason, book I think crap. he left. <laughs> yeah. He's like, up oh, they're talking about comic books. I'm out. Are you still talking about comics? No, I'm here. Those little picture books. <laughs> have you guys, I know this is a little off topic, but it's kind of on this. Side. Have you guys seen Bane Cat? Yes. 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 I don't know how I feel about it. It's funny, Dude, love- but I'm like, <laughs> that's kind of animal cruelty to me. I don't know. Maybe that's Dude, the uh, hippie it, coming out in me. I don't know, man. I I know shit tons of people that put their dogs in little vests and little sweaters <laughs> and shit like that. So it's just kind of like, look, if the cat wants to dress up like Bane, which it was obviously the cat's choice, oh, let, it, let it happen. <laughs> yeah, if the cat wants to, that's fine. But your, yeah. your comments about the sweaters and vests, those are most of the time out of necessity. Cats oh, and dogs yeah. get cold, too. They, they get very I don't know. I had a girl. They make for good holiday calendars. I had a girl that used to dress her dog up as a lobster. <laughs> she was scary. Uh, yeah, yeah. What else did you, she do? You have to know the animal's personality. The dog did not seem happy. She actually dressed the, the dog up like Batman once. All right. Well, that's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. So I, I found something else in news that I was not really expecting, because I hadn't heard anything about this, but I'm kind of, you know, not terrified of it. Uh, but... Th- Apparently, Warner Brothers is saying they're going to do a Gremlins remake. Uh, really? Yeah, man. I don't know. I mean, I could as long as it's Gizmo kicking ass, I'd be kind of into it. Okay. Because okay, yeah. it's a little they're trying. I'm worried. It's, it's a little close to home for me because I am right now uh, about to start production on Cloverfield episode two and three, which are going to be a two parts linking episode series. And the first episode is going to be called Grimmerins, and the second one's going to be called Grimmerins 2. And I can only 
I can only allude to what's going to happen in those, but I'm going to tell you this much. I've already got the script written, and it is epic. It's the Saving Private Ryan of Cloverfield episodes. Uh, I've what? been waiting for this forever. Well, you better hurry and do it before uh, Gremlins does their yeah. work. Before they get on that. I'm just going to tell you right now, the, the Cloverfield two-part Gremlins episode is probably going to be much better than Gremlins. Not the original, but the new one. I'm I just did, gonna go ahead and say it. <laughs> I didn't actually read it, but I saw something about uh potential sequel to the Goonies. I think they should leave that alone. Yeah, yeah. that's dangerous ground there. It's really dangerous. It'd be what like, are they gonna uh, do? Yeah, what are they gonna do? Show us them like twenty years later? Yeah, exactly. Is Corey Feldman gonna be like, ah Jesus, yeah. <laughs> here we go. I'm sure Corey Feldman will be part of it. Uh, they just call it. They just call it Goonie, and it's him and and Sloth <laughs> <laughs> driving around in a in a motorcycle with a little side thing on it. Ah! I actually Rocky like the road. sound of this. It sounds perfect. <laughs> They're doing a reboot of uh, Battlestar Galactica too. I read today. Yeah, and uh, Universal. How, that wrote how can they reboot it? It's already been rebooted. They're going to reboot the reboot? They're going to reboot the reboot in a major motion picture. Uh, I mean, yeah. technically... I don't know how I feel about that. Cash cow. What, what weren't... Okay, and I don't really know, but were things like Star Trek and Star Trek Generations and Star Trek, you know, all these different kind of versions, were those reboots or a continuation of Those the... were continuations. Continuation, yeah. Yeah, um, they specifically said reboot, so we'll see what that means. I don't know how Weird. you can re- I mean, Spider-Man did it, so... Yeah. Yeah. A few years apart. We'll see. Have, have they totally canned the uh, Fantastic Four thing? Uh, not officially. Uh, there's been a lot of discrepancy going on, uh, mostly with the, the script writing, to be honest. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas the cast, they were pretty much set on, but now that they're rewriting the script, they're looking at the cast again, and... I, 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 I'm sure the film business is just a circus and projects get brought up, the hype gets, you know, huge and then they, they can it and it just sort of fades into obscurity like everything else. Uh, but we've got enough to look forward to. I don't think we need to revisit Fantastic Four anytime Well, it's kind of, it's kind of the thing of like trying to reboot a series that was not necessarily popular when they were trying when they started rebooting the Amazing Spider-Man or or, or started the Amazing Spider-Man. The the original three Sam Raimi Spider-Man films had been extremely popular films. Mm-hmm. The the Fantastic Four. I don't really know how well the first one did, but I, I don't get the impression that the second one did very well. No, the first one did okay. I don't know the box office offhand but uh the second one just it was it was abysmal um not just the movie just people they weren't interested they uh they just weren't interested um they're going for a a younger cast you know younger sleeker sexier with this but uh we'll see what happens they just cast dr doom actually so yes it is i think it is going on still so I wonder who they got She'll for Doctor Doom this time. Uh, someone out of Britain, I believe. They're importing all the actors. God damn it! <laughs> it's gonna be Walter. We got White. a Brit playing Man of Steel. What the hell's going on? Ryan, I must say, I loved your post on Facebook <laughs> about 
the How I Met Your Mother uh, finale <laughs> saying, oh, so Ted Mosby ended up selling meth to save his family. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to be clever and witty. Some people just thought I was being an asshole. But, uh, yeah, that was an interesting finale to a show that I really never cared about. <laughs> See, I, I really did care about How I Met Your Mother, and I, uh, I was not exactly thrilled about how they ended it so i get that if you followed mosby for that long and then you know you get the the mother what in the last season for like a short amount of time i could see why people are so up in arms about it but you know what a good friend of mine said to me yesterday about that he's like they didn't owe anyone anything it's like it's tv they wrote the story they wanted they clearly knew how it was going to end they had those kids you know up spoiler alert sorry I'm giving right. it away. They had the kids do like the last scene of the show, what, eight years ago? So, yeah. They clearly knew where the show was going. It wasn't one of these, let's just write this and get it over with sort of things. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for me, it was just the, the show is focused around somebody that rarely exists in the universe of the show. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, for me, it was just kind of like, no. You've been telling us about the mother for fucking ever. Like, let's let's at least spend some time with her before we can right. this whole damn thing. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. So you're saying they should have named the show something different? It should have been how I kept my kids on a couch for nine fucking for years. For nine years, and they didn't age. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, they did actually do it. They did a promo where they had the kids as grown-ups, and they were like, Dad... We've been sitting here on this couch for years. I'm literally shitting in buckets over here. And I'm starting to have weird feelings about my sister because she's the only girl I've ever seen. So that was she's, pretty. she's pretty attractive. I'll give him that. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> oh, man. This has been a pretty uh, Hollywood heavy episode, gentlemen. Yeah. That's all your fault, Mr. Hollywood. I know. That's Hollywood my Sprague. fault. I, but yeah, something like that. that. You're the closest to L.A. and you're on TV, Jason. What the hell are you talking about? I know. What are you talking about, Mr. Superstar? It's just Jason, fun to point. It's fun to point fingers. Jason McClellan, who can be seen on H2's Hangar One. You know, from some Hangar of your one, fan the mail, UFO files. From some the of your UFO fan files. mail, Jason, uh, I think I think uh, <laughs> they know all about poking fingers. I think they do. We won't let our audience in on that little. Well, of course, that goes without saying. Of course people know about all sorts of things, and I've got all sorts of fans. You guys are just jealous. We are very <laughs> jealous. <laughs> well, I guess to take us away from Hollywood, although it's always fun news topics, but another topic that I love very much and love to geek out about is space. Yes. And uh, I try to avoid it because on on the Rogue Planet podcast, even though it's called the Rogue Planet podcast, uh, because there's a little bit of crossover between my day job and in Rogue Planet. Mm. And I try to avoid that because so much of what is fascinating in space is the the unknown and the, the search for extraterrestrial life and the, the, the many, many possibilities for life in space. Last week, there was an announcement that uh, got a lot of people excited, and granted, a lot of people weren't shocked by this news, but... Uh, Saturn's moon Enceladus, they, they're pretty sure they confirmed that Enceladus has a subsurface ocean, which gets a lot of people excited about the possibility of life 
on this icy moon. Awesome. So they've, they've suspected that because uh, they've detected geysers shooting out water into space. Um, but they were doing uh, – NASA's Cassini spacecraft was doing some, some studies of uh, the gravity there, the gravitational pull, I guess, and uh, gravita- gravitational fields and determined that Enceladus has more mass at its south pole. So they're pretty sure that indicates that there's a lot of water there at the south pole underneath the ice sheet. Um, and they think that it's uh, – oh, I'm trying to remember which which lake they compared it to. One of the Great Lakes, they say, is more more water than one of the Great Lakes. But, uh, yeah, larger, larger than Lake Superior. So okay. lots of water there. And uh, for life as we know it, where there's water, there's life. So right. have life science, science, scientists, life. exactly. Scientists are excited and, and they've been really pushing. I mean, this is just one of the moons that scientists have really been hoping to right. send a mission to where they can send robots down to drill through the ice and bring up a sample from the water. Cause they're pretty sure they're going to find life of some sort in the mm-hmm. water on many of these moons in our solar system. So forget, yeah. well, don't forget, but uh, putting aside all of the incredibly exciting information we've learned just in the past couple of years from the Kepler Space Telescope about exoplanets and the many potentially habitable worlds that are outside our solar system. There are so many exciting and uh, realistic possibilities right here in our neighborhood where they're probably aliens. Isn't that crazy? Who would have ever thought that it would come from a moon, you know? Yeah, I mean, those are some of the most exciting places that scientists yeah. are looking. It's crazy. Well, yeah. l- look at the other planets in our solar system. You know, aside from Mars, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the, the planets are just these gigantic gas balls where, you know, probably not life there. At least certainly not life that uh, we would recognize. Um, mm-hmm. But the moons, yeah, are very, you know, more more similar at least to our planet. So. You, you know what strikes me as odd is we always talk about how little funding you know space exploration gets um in terms of you know what the government can spend on it Mm -hmm. yet we're making all these amazing discoveries lately and you wonder you know like where where did the money come to be searching for these things and finding them and now how is that going to change uh our 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 mission's into space are we going to scratch curiosity are we going or sorry kepler are we going to uh um use that money that we would use to search for other planets to now travel to a moon it it's pretty intriguing i'm i'm interested to see where the space program takes it well the the savior in all of this is the privatization of of space exploration So you're uh, saying Bigelow is going to take us all to oh, so ab- absolutely, is be the absolutely. One to find life. No, I, yeah. I, I absolutely 100% believe that. I think it's going to be one of these rich individuals who has a passion for exploring space, or, or even you know on a, a commercial level, wanting to make money, um, you know, in space. That's great. I think these private companies, coming from the people who have these billions of dollars to throw at it are going to be the ones to make the great discoveries because they have the funds to do it. They don't have as much red tape 
so, and, you know, if you want to be a conspiracy theorist, that's fine. Then you remove the, uh, the government element of the government's keeping secrets what they find. These are capitalists, you know. These are people who are out there to make money. They're out there. And, and in the case of Elon Musk, my hero, you know, he's just genuinely passionate about it passionate about it and i mean his end goal is to die on mars i mean he really wants to get to mars and he's going to do it i mean the the (laughs) the company mars one that has a full laid out game plan for colonizing mars uh they partnered with elon musk and spacex to be you know the technology that's going to get them there the technology already exists for all of this it's just implementing the plan and, and and getting getting it going forward so i think all of these rich people with their great ideas and the great technology that already exists and the millions of other amazing tools that are being developed right now. I mean, we live in a sci-fi world. Sci-fi has become science fact in so many ways. All of this technology exists, and the stuff that does exist is incredible. I mean, the, we talked a little bit about 3D printers, I think, last mm-hmm. week. Just the, the ability to you know, send these devices to a body like the moon – uh, and offers a much more economical way to build structures on the moon without sending up all of the supplies because the big expenditure with space travel is the gas. And you load a shuttle up with all sorts of heavy supplies. You need more gas. It increases the cost of the flight. You can just send up this one machine. It can use the resources available on that body. So take the moon, for example. It can use the, the dirt on the moon and make a physical concrete structure just from that dirt. Moon wow. dirt housing. This technology <laughs> technology already exists. And, uh. I mean, th- we've said it before. I mean, three, 3D printers, you know, joking but not joking. It's yeah. really the, the savior of everything for the future. I mean, 3D printing is our future. They're using it in medical procedures. They're using it. They actually already have this ability, but they're perfecting it, the ability to print food. Uh, you know, print structures. It's incredible. So, I mean, the ability to, you know, the Star Trek replicator, it's basically what you're doing here is being able to create things uh, that you need to survive out of basically nothing. When I was down in Brunswick talking to Chase Kletsky, she was talking about how she's like, that's the thing I want. I want the replicator. I want it to make me food. And uh, I was like, that's probably right around the corner mm-hmm. i was i was reading or i saw some sort of video where they were talking about the implementation of being able to print proteins and stuff like that and some right. guy the guy interviewing the the uh the spokesperson for the 3d printing company was talking about like so do you think that you could uh send me a uh send me like uh, a recipe for french toast he's like well we could probably actually just send you french toast <laughs> wow yeah, that's awesome and i think was it last week that we talked about the uh, the technology that exists uh, to email like th- things like like viruses and things or insulin? Yeah, yeah, we me- got me- medication that. like that got- where you can email something and then if you have that that special printer, you can print out that specific thing. So yeah, like yeah. that, like your your French toast. You know, you go on a website, find the recipe or whatever, and push print and print out your French toast. <laughs> Printing toast, uh, the way of the future. Insane. Yeah, I gotta be honest, and I, I think you guys agree. But you know, of the Star Trek technology, I would much rather have the holodeck. But 
Yeah, I I think the lazy man inside me thinks that teleportation is uh, is definitely the technology I would want the most. Well, that would be good. Yeah, I mean, I see the replicator need. That, that's cool to be able to just have whatever you want by telling the computer what you want. But I I, I don't know. I, I like the idea of being able to step into a virtual world. and. That's why I would want to be data. I don't want human. I don't. I don't want human feelings anymore. And I just want Nothing. to. I just want to be like you guys are crying and acting like sissies. Hmm. I wonder what that's like. <laughs> I'm gonna go over here and blow minds because I'm a robot. But he had a miserable just... existence. Yeah. yeah, he did. Well, I do too. So it's all good. Because yeah. he 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 understood that he that other people had something he didn't, and so his lifelong pursuit was to understand that and attain it and i guess he eventually got got to experience emotions and stuff but uh he did have yeah. an advantage in that you know he didn't need the replicators or anything because he didn't need food he didn't need exactly. sleep so exactly see so, that's yeah. my thing is i i know what it's like to be a a an emotionally driven subconscious or not subconscious bit uh subjectively thinking entity in this universe and it <laughs> is an incredible burden well, <laughs> that we've bestowed upon you. It is. Why? Why, God? Why? Well, I, I, of... I do agree with you. I, w- I would be Data, too, given the choice of being those oh, characters. Man. I would love to be Data. But I don't know. Now that I think about it, maybe I would choose Wesley Crusher because he's Will Wheaton and he's getting a show on sci-fi. So I Very want good. a show on sci-fi. Good bookend, Jason. I tried. I was really always hard. keen on Jordy. I love that visor thing he had going on. Well, Jordy's pretty awesome. Yeah, and when yeah. they would show what he saw through the visor, you're all, "What the hell does that mean? That doesn't tell you anything." But <laughs> somehow he like was able to interpret all that weirdness. And you, you know what he saw in that visor? What nonstop, nonstop reruns of Reading Rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> His future. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can see the future. I'm reading to children. <laughs> oh, educating children. I love LeVar Burton. That man is amazing. He is awesome. awesome. I love everybody on Star Trek The Next Generation. Those guys are my heroes. Yeah. Yes. I follow those guys. I stalk them a bit. That's Old good. It's good to know that you, uh, you're you able to uh, cross streams, as it were, Jason. I was always just Star Wars. I never really got into Star Trek. Jason's an ex- expert stream crosser. Oh, I, I know all about crossing streams, yes. <laughs> no, I, I, I definitely tackle tackle both. Um, you know, and I am never weird about pledging my allegiance to Next Generation when it comes to the, the Star Trek worlds. Uh, you know, I think the original series is fine for what it was, but I've just never gotten into it. You know, I enjoy it for its campiness and, and, you know, for what they did during that time. But as far as the writing and just what an intellectual series Star Trek The Next Generation is, uh, man, I I don't know. I love it. I I think last year I went back through and watched the entire thing through again on good old Netflix. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just... For me, it's it's such a nerdy series to go through, and I kind of you know my early teenage years that was that was my show, so mm-hmm. it's got a got a soft spot in my heart. I always thought it was such a 
like surreal and incredible scene. I can't remember which which film it was. It was when they were going and and trying to. It was Captain Picard, and he was going to find Captain Kirk, and he ends up meeting Captain Kirk at that like log cabin. He's out there just like splitting firewood, and he kind of <laughs> doesn't really know like where he was or where he came from. And yeah, that was just so surreal to me. Oh, just thinking yeah. like, holy shit, man! Like, what a wonderful throwback. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. And I mean, it, for me, there were so many kind of holy shit, mind-blowing moments uh, during the series, just just what they did in the episodes and some of the concepts they came up with and the twists and turns they would they would take the story. Um, just some of the concepts they came up with were pretty crazy. Yeah, but not all too far off when you really think about it. I mean, it's it's crazy how close to science fact that I think a lot of the Star Trek universe had, whereas Star Wars, oh. you know, was a bit more on the mythical side. More, Absolutely. I mean, you you'll, know. you'll see stories all the time now talking about the technology that we saw in Star yeah. Trek, and it actually exists today. I mean, you, you can find any number of lists out there on the old internet of mm-hmm. technology that we saw in Star Trek that now exists in the real world irl in real life but i I would dare i would dare say that there there are certain technologies from star wars to me that are that are mildly more appealing and i think mainly just the lightsaber but i think that they're I think that Star Wars use of these cyborg more like entities as far as like Darth Vader and General Grievous and people like that were just kind of just <clears throat> I don't know to me just really really interesting rather than you had like Data who was he was strictly android right right mm-hmm. so I kind of I like the whole idea of idea of the cyborg a little bit in there yeah mm-hmm. the blend I, I I agree and more so with Vader than Grievous I don't know I just never really liked Grievous, but yeah, no, I mean he was just—he's a kind of a dick, but yeah. he's—it's a cool concept. Darth Vader was just the shit, though, and that was literally the only thing that I really enjoyed about the whole uh, prequels was just actually getting to. I thought that scene when he finally, you know, him and uh, Obi Wan Kenobi when he finally gets sliced up, and that's why he's Doc, or that's why he's Darth Vader. Like that was pretty intense, man. You know that R two D two is a cyborg, right? He has yeah, inside really? him. He has the the brain of Obi Wan Kenobi's father. Wow! Oh, no, I did not know that. I always I'm, thought I'm it was kidding. just a little person. I'm I was kidding. about to say this is bullshit. <laughs> Had to throw some bullshit out there. Uh, it was great. I I was always a big IG eighty eight fan, to be honest. Why? Uh, I don't know. He was just very imposing. It reminded me a lot of Terminator uh, yeah. in many ways. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously Boba Fett, but uh, let's be honest. I always, it doesn't like Boba Fett. I always wondered about R2-D2, though, because strangely enough, like, R2 is kind of the beacon of the whole entire series. Like, right. he's kind of... That's a good point. It, and it's to me, it's just like, why is R2 so damn special? Why is he so smart? What is it about this little dude that just completely kicks ass? Because mm-hmm. he's a robot. He can't die. He's got some, I don't know, he's got some sort of like kindred spirit in him. It's something, yeah. Got a little something in him. A little something, something. Yep. 
<laughs> so what else is going on in the uh, the stratosphere, Caleb? You got anything else, man? Well, I am about to... I'm going to see if I can get at least one episode of Cloverfield done before I head to Jacksonville, Florida this Thursday to go play a show with Nitrograss. And then from Jacksonville, Micah and I are flying to Ozark, Arkansas for the UFO convention where we will be gathered with the likes of Chase Kletsky and Nick Pope and a bunch of different people. Dolores Cannon. Dolores is going to be there. That's her. It's her family's thing this this whole deal so i'm i'm excited to see ozark i heard it's really pretty up there that's what yeah. i've heard as well awesome well i can't wait to hear all about it but i guess we'll go ahead and wrap it up because i have nothing else to say yeah <laughs> i think i think we've pretty much covered the gamut this week I yes think we did lots of geeky news good job guys and thank you everybody for listening to us blab and so on behalf of Brian Sprague, Caleb Hanks, I'm Jason McClellan. Thanks for listening to the Road Planet Podcast, and we will talk to you again next time. Adios. Bye. Say goodbye again. Bye. I love you.